Let's begin now. Thursday night here on 610 Sports Radio. Time for another one. Another show. Grinding along in this football season that is in Kansas City. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Today was the day that I felt the, uh, the, the, the later start. Or the darker start. I felt that hard today. Because my watch or my phone, whatever I was looking at, all day was like, ah, it's 52 degrees, 53 degrees. Man, it looked like it was 4 o'clock consistently today. And then we just got hit with 9 p.m. Like, it's 7 o'clock, and it looks like we're doing this overnight. I mean, dark hits at, like, 4.30 now. It's, it's depression season, you know? I mean, I don't really get depressed, uh, but it today today made you flirt with it. I'm just I'm just saying, when you, when you wake up and it's dark yeah. and you leave work and it's dark, it's, you know... Yeah, Mix like, for dark times. The last couple of days, we had like a little sunset we got to see like towards the end of the night. It's true. Had like a full moon a couple nights ago. Last night's moon was pretty gnarly. It looked like, uh, what do you call those, abstract paintings? Is that the right terminology? Or am I just pulling sure. that out of my ass? Let's, let's go with it. Okay. You doing all right? I'm doing, you know, I'm doing all right. No, yeah. no complaints. None? None any. That, you don't have uh, anything to complain about? I mean, certainly, but none that that anyone wants to hear. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 the holiday season, anyways. We should be we should be more cheerful right Have, now. Have uh, I think it's you. You and the wife are like pretty like Christmas nuts, right? Like, you oh got, my gosh, man, yeah. my house looks like a Christmas pop up bar. I, it's, I, it's ridiculous. I, I, I wondered about like how long it like how long it takes you to set up your. It's it's insane. We've been working on it for like probably three weeks prior to Thanksgiving. That's awesome. It, Three weeks prior I mean, to Thanksgiving? Yes, yes. We we <laughs> decorated early. We we've decided oh, no. oh, it's Christmas time after Halloween now. We're not we're not there there is entirely too much stuff to put up now that she's collected, too much crap for me to to break it out after Thanksgiving and have to take it back down. It's so just it, you have stuff that has to make the cut every year. Yeah, we're to that point. It's oh, true. Man. Yeah. I passed a um because I'll never get mad at anybody for like too much Christmas. I don't think there's like any like a such thing. Just because it's like, you know, it's it's once a year. It's kind of fun. Like, you could have the worst day in the world, pass like a pop-up bar, and be like, oh, that's nice. And then that's as soon great. as you pass it, you're back to having the that terrible day. But I passed an apartment complex uh, coming home. They had, man, they had like a, a nine-foot uh, inflatable arrangement outside that was a snowman, a Santa Claus, and a tree. For an apartment? Like a duplex. Covered up their whole damn half house. Look, man, people take Christmas with the lights and stuff. Some people take it very seriously. I would assume that that inflatable concoction was probably the amount of what their rent is. Pretty dang close. I mean, those things get up to, you know, four or $500, if not more. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're getting there. We're, we're getting there, too. So do you have inflatables outside? Are you that, that Christmas? No, thing? no. We're, that, that will be next year. Okay. I, I, she promised me no nothing outside uh, this year since we kind of went all out in with the interior this year. Mm. So, you know. Okay. God help me. No, you would be all right. The only thing that stinks is when you got to take it all down. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Mm. That's why we, we've extended the uh, Christmas season. Yeah. 
All right. That's well, Julio. Go are, ahead. Are you not going to be decorate? You you have your own house? Mm-hmm. You don't decorate at all? You yeah, don't bring the, the Christmas cheer and, and holiday spirit into your own ho- household? No, it's already up. You got some stuff up? Mm-hmm. You got Christmas lights out? Uh, they'll go up this weekend. This weekend? Mm-hmm. It's not too late the... now. No, it's not. It it's is. It's not even December 1st. That's tomorrow. It's still November. Still the shaking off Thanksgiving. But we have a... At the house, I got the I got the tree up, got a got a couple little smaller trees around like the couches area. They're not like right. B-Dub's house where they're all lit up and decorated, but they're toodle trees. Uh, I have one of those Hallmark snowmen things. You push a little button and it does a jingle. Got that on the on the TV. What do you call that? The not the dashboard stand. Yeah, not, not the TV, TV stand. Yeah, something like that. It looks like in there. It's a fake bookshelf. Uh, got that. Um, got the got the holiday scentsies in. Got the holiday right. the holiday ha- right. sand, uh, hand soap. So you wash your hands. You smell like a Christmas carol. Why do Why do I feel like you're the kind of guy that leaves his Christmas lights up year round? Not a chance. No. Mm-mm. No way. Get that vibe from me. I also wish I would have gotten it up on the hanging up Christmas lights. The company you can call and be like, hey, we'll just you know, because I always hear the first year is the tough one because you have to buy the lights, and then after that you just pay for the storage and the service. After you buy the lights, then it's just service and storage. I mean, Which if I wish you got I had the money, there. you know. Might as well. It's expensive, though. Especially if you got like a you know high roof. But anyways, uh, that's Julio Sanchez. I'm Dusty Likens. This is After Hours. Uh, some people think the curve of the offense is there. I'm wondering if there's something else uh, that involves your quarterback that wears the number 15. Um, for me, it's I mean it's it's all the time, off season, in season, whatever it is. I'm always knowing that you take the the day, you want to maximize the day and get better and better. But at the end of the end of the day, you're working for that ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. And so um, you have to take a week in and week out. Um, but your mentality should be, I'm going to do this today to be better uh, for the next day and for the next day until the, the Super Bowl the Super Bowl comes. And so um, we have a great game this week, a great challenge and a great environment um, against a great football team. And so for us, um, how can we get better today that we we play that football game and, and we can find a way to win it um, that will be towards our ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. Mahomes on whether he – what time he's – what part of the season he starts to think about the playoffs and when he gets geared up for it, obviously the answer is going to be every single time. The other thing that I want to take note of of Patrick Mahomes is him describing the throw that we saw to Travis Kelsey that was in a airtight window that I – I don't think any other player in the entire league makes. Honestly, I honestly think I pulled the string a little too much. Uh, I, I think I, if I'd have thrown it the way I wanted to, it wouldn't have been that close to, to his helmet. Um, I would have thrown it over his shoulder a little bit more and let him. Um, but uh, great tight end. Tr- Travis did the late hands, and it, it made it made it look even better for me. Um, he did the late hands, caught it, and got upfield, and kind of got those yards anyways. But when I threw it, I, I thought I hit the dude in the helmet for sure. Like, I, I thought I pulled it back just a little bit too much. And so uh, um, – Sometimes you got to give your great players chances to make great plays, and that's what he did. That's Mahomes on whether he pulled the string too much, which to me is a little bit ridiculous because that was one of the greater throws you'll see this year. You won't find a quarterback in the league make that throw no to the Tom Brady homer that somewhere lives in the 816. I'm not here to say who's better or not, but it makes me think that everyone saw this offense kind of make this uptick in performance. It elevated itself a little bit more than we'd seen in the past, and a lot of that goes with the comfortability that you see with Patrick Mahomes and you see those throws that you get, you sit back in your chair after you watch it and you say, okay, that's the kind of throw that we're used to seeing Mahomes make in, you know, tough situations. I believe that was the play where your left tackle had just gone out. New one came in, got completely blown up. He moved up in the pocket and then just threw it over the head of the defender and Travis Kelsey. And as he says, Kelsey with the late hands, it just kind of fell right in there and looked beautiful. No doubt about it. And the other thing that makes me think about when he kind of ramps up for the playoffs, as he says, it's every year. And there's 
two things that kind of make this to me plausible for the theory that I have. And that I think that now that you have this offense, which has started to, you know, find its identity, right? You have Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and Isaiah Pacheco. And when those three guys can get involved and Patrick Mahomes can feel a little bit more comfortable, you can see this is kind of one of those things where maybe the offense is starting to find what it is, its identity. And then now Patrick Mahomes no longer presses because from what I've heard or what I've read from the text line, 913-586-7610, from what I've seen throughout the season was that interceptions, Dusty, look like Patrick Mahomes is pressing. It seems that there are times where he's trying to do too much because he knows he's limited with his options on the outside. Well, eight for 107 seemed pretty nice from Isaiah or from Rasheed Rice. Six for 91 to Travis Kelsey seemed nice. And then the development of what they can use Isaiah Pacheco for with passing and rushing. And if you listen to what Pete Sweeney had to say last night on Airhead Pride, you can find that on the Odyssey app. You can download the Airhead Pride radio. Myself and Pete, he had this to say on what the offense really needs to do when it comes to Isaiah Pacheco. I think that they need to just lean into Pacheco. And, yes. And I, I just said this with, with CDOT on, on the drive, and I'll repeat it here. I, I just think that looking at how he's grown in the past game, looking at how he's grown with pass protection and just watching him with his patience and his vision and hitting the gap, I think he has a ceiling of being one of the best backs in the NFL. I think when he has the ball in his hands, uh, you don't know what can happen. He's an angry runner. He runs in a in a style that is not really repeated anywhere else in the NFL. And I think the Chiefs have maybe started to realize, like, we have Travis Kelsey. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe Isaiah Pacheco is our second best option here. And that's going to require you to change a little bit of your identity, run the football a little bit more, do these short passes, get it in, get it to him uh, in the flats, maybe in the screen game, and, and watch what he can do. And then maybe Rasheed can be your three, or maybe it's interchangeable. Maybe one game Rasheed Rice is your two and Pacheco is your three. But these two guys need to be involved if this offense is going to have success. And I think this is something that I called it a breakthrough. I I think this was a breakthrough, and we'll be able to determine whether or not it was a breakthrough by how the offense looks on on Sunday night uh, against a Packers team that's, that's finally playing well. I wonder if this is the real Mahomes that is starting to show that does every single year. And with what Pete says, where this is the breakthrough point, or this is, in my opinion, the three-headed monster that will be moving forward, you can look at it as maybe a you know, a play on the triangle offense, right? You could say, okay, it's going to go to Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Bacheco. How? I don't know, but it's going to go on those three points throughout the games moving forward with the offense. If you want to take away Travis Kelsey, they'll just bruise you with Isaiah Bacheco and Rasheed Rice on the outside. You want to take away Rasheed Rice and try to make Kelsey, you know, do the whole LeBron James effect, let him have his 30 points and we'll just stop everybody else. Then we can do that as well. Or we can have, you know, somebody in the backfield, like Isaiah Pacheco, just run, 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 run until you believe it. Not only do I feel like this is the more wave moving forward, but it's also, you look at what Mahomes just accomplished, an offensive player of the week, hadn't had it all season. Now he's got it starting to get into that groove, starting to get into that part of the season of December where it gets serious, where you see the team separate themselves from other teams outside of just injuries. You're going to see those throughout the season, start, middle, and finish. But this is where you'll start to see that Chiefs team that you've seen in the past try to turn it up 
try to put that gear into motion. And once you have that and once you can experience with that because you know what your foundation is, this is going to be the offense moving forward. It's going to be this three-headed monster. And what I noticed the most with Rasheed Rice is that, yes, his numbers are there. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later and where he compares to other rookies within the franchise's history as well as throughout the league. I think he's being slept on a little bit too much. It's not bias. I'll give you numbers to prove that. But when you look at what this offense had in Rasheed Rice in that Raiders game, it was interesting because I thought they didn't really understand or know or were they well-equipped to what he definitely had. That 39-yard touchdown pass on third down in the fourth quarter They didn't tackle him. They didn't catch him. They didn't know his movements. They didn't know his vision. And it was like he just, like a hot knife through butter, just cut right through that secondary and scored. So look for that to be the way moving forward. And if Mahomes feels comfortable with that, right, he's able to pull the string, have time to make those throws and put them in spots. He's offensive player of the week. The numbers are coming back. Look out because it's it's December tomorrow. And that's when the NFL really gets started. Other than that, there is a game to be played on Sunday night at 720 in Lambeau Field or at Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Prime time. Why not? Let's have us a game. That's Julio Sanchez of Dusty Likens, and you're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. We'll get to the out of left field question here in about 40 minutes or so. Julio Sanchez with you as well tonight, as we are every Thursday night, following players only. It's the last Thursday of the month, so it was Sean Barber and Danon Hughes. Always fun to see those two guys, uh, you know, in the studio. Green Bay, Wisconsin is the uh, site. I asked Danon if he'd ever played there. He said no. Had never played, uh, never never been to Lambeau. So this is his first time to the uh, the frozen tundra. It's definitely a bucket list. Have you been? I've not. Yeah, you want to go, obviously? I do, yeah. I think that's definitely definitely a place that should be on the NFL bucket list of stadiums. Yeah. Sure. Not, you said, eh? Not, not, no, I said, yeah, no I, I feel like in the NFL, it's not like a top, like, 10 bucket list for me. You, you don't think so? Not for me. Not not. If we're just doing NFL, yes, it's a top three. But if it's top ten, like, general bucket list, no. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I want to see the Northern Lights. Uh, I want to see a concert at Red Rock Amphitheater in Colorado. Um, But if we're talking sports in general. I want to marry my soulmate. uh, Yeah, you know, you got to find a significant Um, other. Right, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know. I want to go to Wrigley over Lambeau, I think. I want to go to the Fenway over to Lambeau, I think. Um, I want to see a game in Vegas. Not as much as I want to see a game in Lambeau, but I definitely want to see a game uh, in Vegas. Yeah, I think I that'd be agree. cool. I think that's good. What be. is it, Alliance Stadium? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go to SoFi, too. Yeah, I just want to see that place. Yeah. That just looks like a massive... I mean, obviously, they have Super Bowls there and two NFL franchises play there. But, yeah, those are those are a couple, like, bucket list things I could think of. Um 
getting ready to see a bucket list concert. Bleachers announces they're going to be at Grinders. I know you don't listen to them, but uh, what big... what genre of music is that? Man, uh, hot, alternative, but also like heavily produced. I guess I don't know. Um, I don't want to say it's like indie rock, but uh, so it's like indie rock, kind of, but yeah. not real. I don't know. There's lead. There, the front man is Jack Antonoff. He's the guy that's like the producer of the world. He did uh like the last four Taylor Swift albums. He did the 1975 album. Um, they have like a lot of like saxophones, uh, keyboards. They're just kind of like a jamish alternative. Like fish? Band. No, because they're not like psychedelic. Okay. But they're like a jam alternative indie rock band. I guess would be the best way to describe them. All right. They're good. They got I'll songs. Come like, back with something like that. And I got you. Yeah, they got songs like Roller Coaster. I want to get better. Wild Heart. Anyways, but they're gonna be at Grinders uh, on May twenty third. I love that venue. Dude, it's a fun place, man. May is a little sketchy, though, because it's like in that sweet spot of like, is it going to be cold? Is it going to be warm? Like, what's it going to be? Playing with fire. But I'm definitely going to get a Philly before I go to, uh, before I get into that concert. Is it a Philly cheesesteak? Yeah, because they have those at Grinders. They're like, didn't you go there one time? I've been there several times. I love their pizza. Didn't you get the one that has like the chili cheese tots in the middle and then you had to do a show the next day with yeah, me and Chris? That or Chris and I? Well, that, that was a different, different place. Were, that was not, we're oh, not okay. br- blaming grinders for that. That was. You just put two pieces of food together. You probably should. Though. Yeah, yeah. Never, never eat chili cheese. Never combine chili cheese dogs and, and pizza. It's it's just. Don't put bad twinkies on your pizza. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm pretty excited for that. So that'll be. And then obviously Blink's in town like late in August. So the concerts are rolling in. I love concert season, man. I do too. Love yeah, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big show guy. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks Cowboys going on right now. Dak Prescott has marched all the way down the field. In fact, nine plays, 63 yards in three minutes and some change as they look to uh, capitalize on a third down. But uh, they are on the five yard line. They just did. looks like they just got all the way to the two of Seattle. Seattle wearing those nineties throwbacks. Every time I think of the throwbacks for Seattle, I think of Ricky Waters or I think of the, was it, was that the Derek Thomas game where he had like 1,500 sacks in the game, has like the all-time record? I think so, yeah. I think it was seven and a half, maybe. I think it was seven, seven and a half, something like that. I'm sure the text line knows, 913-586-767. But speaking of iconic performances, this is the first time that Mahomes will be at Lambeau Field. We talked about Mahomes in the first segment, like maybe he's starting to feel it. Maybe he's starting to, you know, feel that juice again of like, I'm the baddest man on the planet. I'm the best quarterback in this league. I've got the best team on, on the AFC side of things, even though you might want to take Baltimore field free. Um, but what I will say is that this is one of those games where you kind of feel like it's that primetime moment, um, starting to get, you know, back up to that sort of level of hype. Mahomes has never been in Lambo before. Um, he's starting to feel this three headed monster that we just talked about on offense with Rasheed Rice, um, Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey. And, you know, now you're on Sunday night football. Right, 720, um, Packers, Chiefs. We'll get into the the flex uh, a little bit later as the Chiefs were flexed out of Monday Night Football. First ever time that's happened. It's, uh, again, not the Chiefs' fault. We'll get into that, though, a little bit later here on After Hours. But why not have a game, right? Why not carry over of what you did against the Las Vegas Raiders, patch it up over the week in practice, know what you like, throw out what you didn't like, add more to what you think you can expand on in this offense, and let's have us a game in Green Bay, Right? You have the quarterback that you trust and that can do that, right? You can you can do all of that throughout and throughout. But Mahomes and Lambeau, there's a good chance. I, I tweeted this out on Monday 
the weather forecast in the, the weekly weather, Sunday, 37, 38, and like a 40 to 50% chance of snow in the frozen tundra. Primetime game, 720 on a Sunday. It seems also like a game that the Chiefs can control because of what they have on defense and what they may have now on an offensive side. Very dangerous situation. Again, we talked about this earlier on Monday when I was filling in for uh, Cody and Gold, and we had talked about this, how if you can get this offense just inside like the top seven, top eight, I'm not saying that this offense needs to be number three, number two. It's not going to be. But this can be maybe the fifth best offense in the NFL, and you can pair that with the third, second, or first best defense in the NFL, and that's a dynamite thing to have, especially if there is trust and belief on the offensive side and trust and belief in the defensive side, and you go into Lambeau against a team that is starting to feel themselves out a little bit more and more. We saw that game on Thanksgiving. I think a lot of people watched that game against Detroit. It was the first game. You were probably either gathering things together or you were getting to your destination, and you saw that Green Bay had beaten Detroit. And I thought it was interesting because Greg Olson had said, this Green Bay team seems like it's starting to kind of find its rhythm, find their selves. Now they get a test, right? They get to play a Chiefs team that is fundamentally sound on defense. And we're going to talk a lot about this defense tonight, and then tomorrow we'll have Jay Binkley on. We'll talk about this offense and what we can expect to see, especially around the rest of the division. But when you look at what this offense can do if it's paired with this defense, right, the whole time this season was what was everybody's narrative. Just get it right on offense. Just just figure out what's going to make this year work. And maybe we've seen that. And now you're going to play a team in Green Bay and Lambeau Field on primetime football where Mahomes is no stranger to the lights. Travis Kelsey's no stranger to the lights. Andy Reid knows what it's like to play in Lambeau. The team will be ready. The offense is now starting to find its rhythm. And you're playing a guy in Jordan Love who's starting to believe in it, right? He's been scrutinized for a while. Tough shoes to fill. Rodgers had to fill the Brett Favre shoes. Brett Favre kind of, not really, but was the next better one after after Bart Starr. Can he be the guy won a Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers went in there, won a Super Bowl. Jordan Love is now the quarterback to fulfill both of those guys. Can he get that team to where they want it to be? We don't know. They're starting to kind of look more the part of, you know, a positive moving forward, but they've kind of stalled since Jordan Love has been the guy. And now... You're going to play Green Bay and Lambeau Field with a team that's starting to believe themselves. All you need to do is trust that defense to knock the belief out of the stadium. Because that's what you can do to a team like this, and you can do that early. And we know that the Chiefs defense can allow pressure, and if the offense can get the ball moving and continue to be this offense that we saw, that's going to give the defense even more of a life form to add more pressure. I'd hate to see what this team looks like up 14 to nothing with the polished offense. Right, They were up 21 to nothing against the Miami Dolphins. Didn't score in the second half. Didn't have the polished offense. They went three consecutive games without scoring in the second half. Figure that out real quick. Vegas went up on you 14-0. You went 31-3 to, win, to turn out the game. If you don't believe in that, the offense is making the turn and that this defense is the most sustainable unit maybe in the NFL, this could be a very, very tough game for Green Bay. I don't know score prediction. I know the Chiefs are favored by six. I know it's on prime time, and I know Patrick Mahomes is coming off offensive player of the week. I know that young man might be starting to feel himself and get those, you know, sort of real football feelings, like looking at the calendar being like, oh, wait, it's December 3rd? 
The season gets real. We're going to go into Green Bay, a team that's starting to show life, knock the air out of their, knock the wind out of their sails, knock the air out of their lungs, be the more dominant team and move forward. And then all of a sudden, Baltimore comes off of a bye and says, okay, we can't mess up. Not only does this offense and this defense allow pressure to the Green Bay game for their team to kind of keep up with the big boys, Baltimore will get to see this team in action. We'll get to see what their threat is. And then all of a sudden, it's like, not only can they not mess up against teams they play, but now going back to the season-long analogy of the fast lane and the two cars, if the Chiefs have a dominant performance in Green Bay, which I think they could, minus six, we'll get into more semantics tomorrow night, but they take advantage of the Green Bay Packers, who are a young, upcoming team that have a lot of questions, a couple running backs that are banged up, Jordan Love, not really sure which one of the quarterbacks he is, look good against Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. He's had a lot of time to prepare for this game. But Andy Reid and the Chiefs mean business when it's prime time, and that game is 720 on Sunday night. You can hear that pregame starting at 5 o'clock on 106.5 The Wolf and 610 Sports Radio. Remember, Jay Binkley will be up till 1 a.m. on Sunday taking your phone calls on the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. But coming up on the other side, I do want to get up to date with what was on the radio today with the stadiums. Quentin Lucas was talking about it. Carrington Harrison had him on it. We'll do that at 645. But coming up on the other side, Jordan Love. We just talked about him. Good game against the Lions. That Lions defense, nowhere near what he's about to face. I'll tell you why. Because he's got two guys in every spot on the field on the defensive side that should be able to give him fits. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. House, Julio Sanchez, Dusty Likens with you until 9 o'clock. Already half, more than half a show. Uh, almost done. Fast night here. Feels like a good, uh, feels like a good high V sushi night. I know that makes me sound like a total trash bucket, but I don't not know. at all. I kind of dig it. I'm getting, I, I can get down on some high V sushi. I got, I got to admit, yeah. that, I mean, it's pretty decent. For what it is. For I mean, what it is. It's yes. much better than going to like a fast food joint, right? Yes. Okay. So that's one little check mark that makes me feel better about myself. I know it was made that day, right? I don't know that, but no, I feel like it is. Fresh. Yeah, no, it is. So there's two. Every, every morning. And three, it's great. You need it with your fingers. Chris Nacero told me that sushi is meant to be eaten as finger food. I don't know how much I, truth I there is to it. don't think that's true. Okay. I don't think that's, that's true. A, you don't that, have chopstick skills? He says a lot of stuff very confidently, so I just believe in it. I mean, he's the uh, he's the hot take king, and I feel like that's a, that's a pretty hot take. Oh, yeah? Does he you claim think that of finger name? food, sushi is not one of those things. You don't just little cylinder of it, dip it in that. Because I do a little soy sauce and uh, and mix in the wasabi. Yeah, even yes, though it's not really wasabi. Soy sauce. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's yeah, it's not. It's horseradish, but you know, it's green horseradish is what it is. But it's still delicious. I love that uh, Carrington has these uh, slang cards in here. Slang cards. What, yeah, what they're called we? slang flash cards. Been doing this like all week. Okay, and and what's what, what kind of slang terms are we we talking about here? Uh, well, we have salt, S A L T. Okay, what is to prevent something from occurring, or um, to impede another person's efforts, or to put someone down, insult, humiliate. Quote: I didn't mean to salt your game, boo. Uh, 
I don't know if I've ever heard salt referenced. In, I've heard salty. Right here. I, I guess maybe I need to catch up on my That's street card, lingo Danny. as well. But I didn't I, mean to salt your game, boo. Right. Man, you do you, man. All right. Then there's mobbing. Driving around with friends, especially while playing music to attract potential romantic partners. I'm going to keep my comments to myself on, okay. on that, on this this whole situation. Why, why is Carrington? I don't, I don't know, man. Driving around with friends, especially while playing music. I mean, and to attract potential romantic partners. As a minority, quote, let's drop this busta off and go mobbing with the siren on. <laughs> I, I feel like that should all. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my comments to myself. I don't know okay. why CDOT has cards like that. Uh, Jack, J A C K. Is it maybe maybe he's schooling Rob? Because I, I feel like Rob is someone that would need cards like that. Quote: Let's jack some extra virgin olive oil and shake the pot. I don't think that sounds like the appropriate use of that, but sure. Quote, let's jack some extra virgin olive oil and shake the spot. Not the pot, the spot. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? I don't know, man, but it's slang. I'm just trying to help you out, man. Trying to get you ready for the world. Great band, by the way. Oh, Sheila. Let Me Love You Down. It's a good song. Fantastic song. Agreed. Mm. Pour Pour you some red wine. Put that on before you make your move, before you pull in and give that kiss. Let me know. Uh, this defense, though, I think we're at a point, right? We can all agree that you go into an, uh, a game every single week. What is this team going to do? Um, you know, what's this team going to what's this team going to give us? We know what the defense is going to give you. Uh, this came out from Pro Football Focus, Kansas City Chiefs. Trent McDuffie, eighty-five percent grade this season. That is first among Chiefs defenders, third among all second-year players. Trent McDuffie, the truth. Legereus need the truth. You don't have to worry about those guys, right? There was a little bit of worry. There's a little bit of worry uh, when they played the Raiders this past week and Snee was kind of getting cooked a little bit, right? 60-plus yards in the first half of a few receptions, and then it was like he figured it out. It's like Spags or somebody, secondary coach, somebody got it together and said, hey, here's what they're going to try to do. Here's what they're trying to incorporate against you guys. Figure it out and fix it up. And they did just that. And that secondary you can trust. In fact, this entire defensive unit you can trust. And this is like we just talked about. Jordan Love looked good against the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, they're not that, you know, secondary, decent, defense, okay. It's not anything to ride home about when you beat up on the Detroit Lions defense. But this Chiefs defense, right, 24 points is the most they've allowed all year. It's week 13. They've played 11 games. The most points they've allowed is 24. The most point the Average, they're giving up a game in 16. 16 points, that is. And when you think about what this defense can do to other teams that may not have seen it yet, we've seen what this defense does after the end of every single game, right? This defense was cooked for 14 points against Vegas. They gave up three the rest of the game. This defense played against the Jacksonville Jaguars offense that seems to be legit. In fact, I just saw an NFL Live this week. They were talking about it. This Jacksonville Jaguars offense is good. It's really good. Well, then they only got nine points against the Chiefs. And when you put this unit against other teams like a Green Bay Packers team, right, you have a guy in Spagnola that finally has, I think, exactly what he wants. Athleticism everywhere and guys that can do more than just one thing at every position. Willie Gay has shown that he can blitz and he can cover for being the outside linebacker that he is. He stayed healthy for the year. George Karloftis has not only been able to get sacks, leads the team, 
but he's able to build pressure and use that teammate of his, Chris Jones, who uses Ominihue, who uses Mike Dana, all those guys kind of put that defensive line together and create chaos, right? This unit defensively as a whole is a top three unit in the NFL. I don't know who the two other ones are above them. Maybe you could put San Francisco's offense and possibly Miami's offense as units as a whole above what the Chiefs defense is. But it's impressive to me when you're giving up 16 points per game. You're not allowing teams to convert on third down at a successful rate. And it doesn't seem to matter who you play, you shut them down. We've talked all season long, wide receiver one. No 100-yard game on record. I know Keenan, or not Keenan Allen, but I know Christian Kirk and Joshua Palmer, the only two that have had 100-yard receiving games against the Chiefs. Not even Devontae Smith did. Not A.J. Brown, not D.K. or not D.K. Metcalf, who, by the way, had a 73-yard touchdown catch. Dallas then answered the call back with C.D. Lamb with a touchdown. It is now 10-7 Dallas over Seattle. So if you're wanting to know what the score is fantasy-wise, D.K. has scored, C.D. Lamb has scored, and a field goal by the field goal kicker for Dallas. So there's your fantasy input so far. Um, but this defense, right, every single level, I think, is why, to me, it is a top three unit and why Green Bay – Um, I don't feel like there's any worry. I don't know how much worry there was against the Raiders other than inside the four walls of the Chiefs kingdom, right? I think the only worry with the Chiefs going into the Vegas Raiders game was, can they get it figured out in the second half? Can this offense get its identity back? And can the defense just sustain elite status? All of that was answered, which moves you into the Green Bay game, Sunday night football. Yes, again, another travel game. But not only that, you play a team that is on the rise or trying to make a statement that they are moving right in the direction that they need to go. And this defense is one of those teams that can, no pun intended, can intercept that thought process. Or when it's all said and done, the team that you play do the, whew, that's a tough unit over there. That's one of the best units in the league. That defense, they've got two solid corners, two solid safeties, two solid linebackers, and three to four solid defensive linemen. That's why I said all year, this defense kind of gives me a little bit of similarities of what that Tampa Bay defense was when they had John Lynch, Dexter uh, Dexter Fowler, uh, Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, Chris Jones is Warren Sapp. Could be. Feels like it. Dominant defensive tackle. Fast, elusive, gets sacks. Now he's a little bit more leaner and thinner. But level of play, Chris Jones in his peak. I'm not saying that, you know, Willie Gay is Derek Brooks. No, no but they play a similar role. They're that outside, fast, elusive, can hit, can be athletic more than other outside linebackers might be in the NFL, right? Justin Reed kind of playing that John Lynch role. Rondé Barber, Legereus Sneed, you're not going to get much against him, right? And Dexter Jackson, maybe that's your Trent McDuffie. He was a Super Bowl MVP as a young cat. Trent McDuffie seems to have figured out in his second year in this Green Bay offense with Romeo Dobbs and... Christian Watson and a beat up backfield and Jordan love to me, that's where you get your confidence moving into green Bay. That's where you get your sort of spark of before you'd say to yourself, let's see if the offense can continue it. You tell yourself, well, we know the defense is fine. We know the defense is going to be okay. Let's just continue the successful rate. That was this offense against the Vegas Raiders coming up at eight o'clock. We'll do the out of left field question, but coming up on the other side, I do want to give respects to my fellow comrades on this air. There was some talk about stadiums. There's two takes that I have on this. 
One guy is a bad guy, the other guy is a potster, and I love all of it because I'm here for the action. We'll get into that with some quotes from the mayor, from Bob Fesco, from everybody else here on After Hours, listening to 610 Sports Radio. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, man. Ready for the world. You love the way I kissed you by, I believe is the next one. Love it. Told you. Kind of. Uh, trifling. You ready for that one? Give it to me. This line right here hits, though. You tell that's what you tell the older ladies. Right? Um, trifling, wasteful, lazy, or otherwise pathetic. Good for nothing, sorry. Skating, half-stepping. Deceitful, untrustworthy. Quote, sure he's trifling, but he still deserves a new kidney. <laughs> what? That's the quote. Can we can we just come back from break and, With, and uh, have one of these cards? every break, please? I got another one. Uh, Steez. S T E E Z. Are you familiar? I am. I am. Okay. Style, charisma. That's right. Especially that which is inevitably uh, and uniquely one's own. I've heard a consultant to help me. I've hired a consultant to help me find my personal steez. There you go. Who wrote these? Who? I feel like these example sentences are mm-hmm. the the most generic, non applicable sentences for these slang terms that one could think of this one says i uh it says roll deep to travel with a large group of people especially friends and associates sometimes to appear tougher and or more popular than one actually is quote i see that you too roll deep see we we not only talk sports on the station but we educate so that song rolling in the deep that means you're rolling with the crew right um Man, so were you active on Twitter yesterday at all, or do you kind of just, if you don't have to be in the office, you just kind of hush it up, lock it up? Oh, oh no. It, it's, okay. uh, it's been popping on, on X, well, Twitter, whatever. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy because yesterday, you know, Bob comes out of nowhere and just kind of sets the city on fire, right? I'm, I'm at the other job, the side gig. And I, you know, just kind of have a downtime and I, I get on my phone and I'm kind of scrolling. And I see Bob's, you know, tweet it's what he does. And I'm like, Oh no. And you know, a lot of people were on both sides of the fence. And then today it's like, it's like Bob didn't do anything at all yesterday to get the city riled up because he did like there, dude, there were people that I have not talked to in years coming out of the woodwork that would like DM me yep. and be like, is there a lot of truth to this Fesco thing? And I'm like, look, man, I'll tell you this. He definitely has a source. Um, Who the source is, it's, you know, anonymous. I don't know who it is. But apparently somebody has let him know something, and he put it on Twitter, and they don't just make these things up. And then then today, CDOT has Mayor Lucas on. 
And I'll give you three to four cuts of what Mayor Lucas had to say because my take is completely different than probably the rest of your takes are or what you've thought about. In case you missed it, this was Mayor Lucas on the level of worry about the state. That being said, yeah, people saying we're going to go where we want to go, whether privately or publicly, and we're going to go where the money works best is not unique. I uh, have a chance to visit with mayors all the time, member of the U.S. Conference of Mayors. I've talked to mayors from cities that are in very good positions with team retention, others like the mayors of Oakland who were in a very different place. And so, you know, a lot of the jockeying is not unusual. That's why you know, I'm not really that worried about it. I think I think right now the teams, they, they have the relationships that they have. I think they're looking forward to maintaining them to the extent that any jurisdiction say we don't want to maintain it. then yeah, they'll absolutely start looking elsewhere. But that's why, you know, Kansas City has stepped up to be more into the conversation. And I'm confident with where we are with the Kansas City Royal. This was him on what a deal getting done would look like. I think it's really simple. Uh, And whenever I see something challenging, my my first step is to say, remove the variables, remove all of the noise and the drama around it. I think the Royals asked Jackson County was pretty darn direct, which is, will you put a sales tax renewal on the ballot? And I think for all of your listeners who are driving around or sitting are going to listen to this interview later, who will say, all right, and maybe they'll be like, yeah, I'm not about, you know, you building somewhere else, all that sort of stuff. But it's like, do you do you want to keep the Chiefs and Royals and would you renew an already existing sales tax that you're paying? And I think greater than 50 percent of people in Jackson County would say. So I would say to the county executive, I'd say to anybody in the county legislature, that's all you got to do. You figure that out. You can leave it to the state. You can leave it to the city on who owns the stadium, what entity does, who carries the debt, who carries the insurance, which is part of that five and a half billion dollar calculation they had or whatever. You could transfer that responsibility to any of these other governmental entities. All you got to do is just leave to your voters and let them decide. Mm-hmm. Do we think these teams are worthwhile in this county? Is it worth renewing a sales tax for them? Yes, and this was his percentage. We all love percentages. This is Mayor Lucas' percentages, Chiefs and Royals stay in KCMO. I am 90% confident that the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing in in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, and the Jackson County portion of Kansas City, Missouri in 10 years. I am 70%, maybe 75% confident the Kansas City Royals are playing in Kansas City, Missouri, Jackson County. Okay. So after... After Bob sends that tweet, which I love so much because it's, you know, it's vague to a point of not being vague, which sounds contradicting as all hell. But he basically is just giving everybody a gigantic tease of what he's going to talk about the next day without giving it all away. It gives you a little bit of a quote saying, and another term, we're effed, we're equals Jackson County, Mayor Lucas on the drive with Carrington Harrison. And then by the end of the day, it kind of came down to me that like we went from everybody being mad at Bob for stirring the pot to everybody's just pissed at Frank White. We are all kind of a part of the discussion of what is the relationship between Jackson County Executive Frank White, the Royals Hall of Famer, and the Kansas City Royals. It is, from a, a human perspective, interesting, a little a little different, that it, it seems like there maybe is enough friction there that that is having an effect on all the rest of us. Uh, that being said, you know, I think it, it is something that the party spent some months trying to work through. It looks like right now there's in a position where perhaps that sort of uh, thing is leading to stalemate, at least with some county actors as compared to other Jackson County actors. 
But there are a lot of other parties that will be a part of this in figuring out the future. The city of Kansas City, the state of Missouri, particularly as it relates to the Royals and, and the Chiefs, actually. And so, you know, I think that's where we are. There you go. Frank White seems like the villain. It's almost it almost seems personal for him. It's right? like he got fired by the Royals. Right? Something like that, right? He shouldn't be offended or or you know, have any ill will towards the Royals organization at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting thing. It kind of feels like a... It's a crazy dynamic. It feels like a crime drama, but it's not crime. It just seems like a political drama, I guess I should say. Because it, it kind of gives me like the wire vibes. Where like So it like, you know, Carcetti's trying to go against, you know, Clay Davis and Clay Davis is going against Carcetti. And then there's like all these other factors and these guys within the system that can like shift the power to one side or get people interested in something else. And what a mess. I did not, I did not think the stadium stuff was going to go here. 100% politics is what oh, this is. Oh, man, it's crazy. All politics. I had no idea this is what the stadium thing was going to get right? to. Like, here we are. I don't think anyone, like, I know, I know a lot of people didn't appreciate the way the Royals necessarily approached this, but I don't think anyone anticipated it getting no. to this point, right? Like, we were three months ago of like, yeah, we should have an idea where they're going to be by winter. Uh, you got two weeks. Like. <laughs> I just, I guess the more you know, the more you learn, um, you know, I don't know. The more you, the older you get and the, the more you see, you kind of obviously like, I think it's uh, Shane Gillis's standup. He's like, I'm not a Republican, but man, I'm, I'm getting bred that way. Like I can feel it coming. <laughs> like I watch war stuff. It's like you, you watch, you see these stories develop and you're like, I normally don't dive into political stuff, but now I'm going to bed and I'm reading like subreddits and I'm reading, you know, Casey, you know, newsworthy stuff. I'm reading both sides of the, of the side of the story. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, somebody says, Dusty, the time zone really is uh, messing with you. You just said 645, but it's okay. Players F up too. Yeah, man, I'm telling you what, man, today was the first day I felt the nighttime approaching more than I ever felt ever in my life which is also crazy about it because we're what, like two weeks away from like the time completely shifting to where we'll get longer days. We'll get, you know, early. I don't know. It's just weird, man. Just looks like midnight. Plus it's like, just like a nasty rain day outside. But uh, yeah. Oh, this is your boy G baby. I think we need to go to the Northern lights on some Northern light. Well, you never know. Never know. We'll get out there someday. 10, seven is the score. Dallas and Seattle. Dallas leads by three. Um, Keep you updated on that. That game on Amazon Prime. But coming up on the other side, we do the out of left field question. We always give you the question first. Tonight's question, 8 o'clock. First time we've done this in a while. Uh, what is widely accepted societal norm today that you think will be considered absurd in 50 years and why? One more time. What is a widely accepted societal norm today that you think will be considered absurd in 50 years and why? 913 586 7610. That's the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. 913 586 7610. We'll get to your answers next. Julio, Dusty, After Hours, 610 Sports Radio. Keep it right here. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio.